Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And joining me right now on the program to do that is Benjamin Albright. Does a great job covering the uh, NFL draft. He's a draft analyst and Broncos insider for KOA Colorado. Benjamin, great to talk to you on a Sunday evening. And I thank you for the uh, for the brief hiatus from talking about uh, banging on garbage cans in baseball, my friend. That's <laughs> not a problem at all. Happy to provide the respite. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's talk about this this draft class. You know, Tua gets the gets the uh, positive report on his health. Let's start with him. Um, where did you have him forecasted before the the uh, the good report on his injury? Where did you have him? Did did the news that that we got recently on him move his stock at all, or were you ready for teams to buy in on Tua uh, regardless of what that news might have been? Well, I would I, the other way, man. I'm not. Uh, I'm not the biggest Tua fan in the world. I think that uh, um, you know there are definite questions about his injury, and uh, uh, you know I think there are definite questions about his ability to come back from that. The good report is a good thing. It certainly helps out fans that are uh, proponents of what it is that uh, you know that he does. But uh, you know, at the same time, I have the questions about his ability to play. Uh, I think that you know he's a guy that that uh, you know has significant features to his game that, that require, um, you know, you to, you to be able to, to keep him healthy. You're going to have to have a good line for him. Um, I, overall, I think that the two is an exciting guy, but I'm not sure that he's as uh, necessarily ready to go as maybe some people think he is. Do you, do you have concern over the fact that if you look at his performances, it looks like to a, if you look at his, you know, his game logs, He's kind of a lamb killer and that he runs up some big numbers against some of the, the lower level teams on Alabama's schedule. But the, the teams that maybe most closely resemble what he's going to face on Sundays in the NFL, he hasn't performed as well against. Do you buy into a lot of those performances as part of your evaluation, Benjamin? Oh, that's the thing. He's a guy who's surrounded by a ton of talent uh, and didn't exactly beat up on, on equal level competition, made most of his numbers uh, throwing it up on, on uh, inferior talent, feature insurance salesman, thing like that. So, you know, for me, I, I think there's something to prove. You go back and look at the history of Alabama quarterbacks in the NFL, guys that have been surrounded by great talent, put up a lot of great numbers, but haven't really succeeded in the NFL. Uh, he's also a lefty. That's You know, there are going to be some, some teams that shy away from that simply because he's a lefty, whether that's fair or not. Um, it's not like Madden where you just flip the play and it works, you know. So yeah, offensive coordinators are, you know, somewhat hesitant maybe to, uh, you know, to change their, to change their uh, playbooks. So, you know, I, I think that uh, there's an interesting case for two in the league. I think that, um, you know, he's a guy that if I had uh, an established veteran and I could take a flyer on him and uh, and kind of develop him for a year or two, I'd be all about it. But, um, you know, for me, I'm, I'm a little more concerned about his ability, A, to stay healthy and B, to replicate that success in the NFL. Benjamin Albright joining me on CBS Sports Radio. So what does your board look like at the quarterback position? Well, it's tough. I got Burrow there at the top. I think he's basically Matt Ryan uh, in terms of what he brings to the table and what his career arc is going to look like. Um, 
uh, you know, after that is where it starts getting funny. Um, I, I like some of these other guys. I like Tua, I like uh, uh, Herbert, but I think that um, both those guys have question marks. Depending on which one you like is, is which one you like there, 1A, 1B. And then after that, I think you've got, uh, you know, some interesting guys. I think that uh, Jordan Love's a guy I really like. Uh, be interesting to see, you know, uh, with him. Uh, if he's able to convert quickly in the league, uh, I think there's, uh, there's definitely some interesting guys like Easton and Fromm. Uh, I, I think Easton, if you can sit him a year or two, might be worth something. It's going to take a little while. Um, but, you know, uh, in the end, I think that uh, the board's pretty set. I mean, I think everybody knows who the top guy, who the top two guys are. And then after that, it just kind of shakes down from there. I, I can't see a situation which Tua gets beyond Miami. What's the uh, What's the strength in the upper part in the first round of this draft? Well, uh, you know, there's there's quite a few quarterbacks if you if you like that. There's a lot of wide receiver talent. Um, you know, I think corner and offensive tackle I think are also pretty uh, pretty stacked. Although the corner talent in this draft is interesting because it's not top heavy. It's a, it's one of those what you call fat in the middle drafts, meaning mm-hmm. that you know there's a lot of good corner talent in this draft. Maybe not a lot of great corner talent. Um, I think there's a lot of great wide receiver talent, great tackle talent. Um, it's a deep class of corner, but maybe not top heavy. Benjamin Albright joining me on CBS Sports Radio. Benjamin, I'm just curious. We'll we'll get into some more specifics or get back to some more specifics about the draft here in just a second. But as somebody who covers the draft in depth, I'm just curious what your thoughts are on some of these teams, like the Texans, for example, trade two first-round picks for Laramie Tunsil, the Rams trading two first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey. It seems like for elite Pro Bowl-level talent at key positions, that's sort of that's kind of where the market is starting to come in. We saw it with Khalil Mack and the Chicago Bears. What are your thoughts on teams essentially? I mean, we know teams use draft picks as currency all the time, but using really, really high-level draft picks as big-time currency to go get big-time current players, what are your thoughts on that strategy? Well, there are two schools of thought. Uh, one is that you're going to draft and develop, keep cost control low, and you know, and be able to go for it. Um, there are other teams, like for instance the Rams, who believe that uh, draft capital is hit or miss. It's about a 50-50 proposition, and even less than that in most cases. And uh, they can trade those away, let somebody else develop them, and they can just trade first-round picks and uh, and bring the the developed players in. Um, in order to use that strategy, you're going to have to be a team that's flush with cash to be able to accelerate signing bonuses and work the cap because uh, you're going to run into some monetary issues at some point. Um, but And you're going to have to hit on your later round draft picks. You know, you're really going to have to hit on those guys if you do that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, teams like, like the Rams and, and the Texans that are trying to do that, they feel like they're close. Um, I, I applaud the innovative strategy. I'm not sure it's the direction I would go because you're going to wind up leaving yourself in a situation where when those guys eventually move on, you don't have a lot of homegrown talent uh, because you traded away the picks. You don't have the ammo to be able to grow that talent, and you don't have those players. So uh, I think it's a good short-term strategy if you've got a lot of cash. I'm not sure about its viability long-term. Benjamin Albright is a draft analyst and Broncos insider, KOA Colorado. I want to ask you about the Broncos for a second here, Benjamin. Um, Drew Locke, I, I'm in Houston, so I feel like we, we got the one look we got at Drew Locke, he looked like Johnny Unitas. He was incredible in that game um, <laughs> against the Texans. What's the feeling on Drew Locke in, in Denver right now as the potential future quarterback for that franchise? Uh, cautious optimism. Uh, he played really well in four out of five games, and the game he didn't play well in was a blizzard, uh, Kansas City. 
Um, you know, I think cautious optimism. They really got to get some speed on that offense. You know, you got Cortland Sutton, who's a great, you know, jump ball, contested catch guy. You got Noah Fant, who uh, is an athletic tight end. But after that, there's just really not a lot of speed on the offense. Uh, Phil Lindsay um, is hit or miss in the in the pass game. So they're going to have to get some some speedy receivers. We expect them to go 15 uh, with rugs at this point. I think they're eyeballing that. I don't know that they ultimately wind up there, but that's kind of the expectation right now, given the way this offense looks. What's the feeling on John Elway in Denver right now? Well, it's been up and down. It depends on who you ask. You know, there's some media guys that have a bone to pick with the guy, and they'll, you know, they'll trash the guy. I'm not originally from Denver, so it's interesting to me to see the kind of the dichotomy uh, between media guys that are always taking shots at him and, and fans that love him. So uh, I think, uh, you know, he had his first six years as a general manager, he had the, most, uh, the best winning record of all time. So, you know, I think something's got to be said for that. Same time, I think uh, – you know, uh, he's a guy who's had some struggles since the, in the post Peyton Manning era, and he's going to have to figure that out if he wants to uh, continue to be general manager and cement his legacy. What's the most intriguing wrinkle, independent of the draft? I'm talking more about veteran NFL guys now. The most intriguing potential wrinkle, in your opinion, in terms of where one of these veteran quarterbacks might wind up, whether it's Brady or Rivers or Cam Newton or whoever, what, what's the most intriguing wrinkle or ripple effect for you in this quarterback carousel that's about to start? Well, I think Brady is. Uh, you wonder where he goes. He's going to want a contender. He's going to want a stacked roster, and he's going to want a, an offense that brings something similar to the table than what he used to have. So I think, um, you know, there's a few teams that hit that criteria, and if you look at the, the Colts or the Chargers. Uh, otherwise, I think he's back in New England. I think that's the main uh, – that's really the main thing uh, as far as that goes is – you know, try to figure out where he winds up because the dominoes fall from there. You know, you got Philip Rivers who who could go any number of places. Um, you know, you, you you've got some of these other guys that are that are um, end of their rookie deal type quarterbacks, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, that are waiting on those deals to get done so they know where they're going to wind up. And so I think that Tom Brady domino really does affect um, you know what everybody else is doing and what else is going on. What's the hardest? This is the last one before I let you go. What's the hardest position? right now to forecast college to the NFL in your mind, especially given all the, you know, kind of the changes that the college game has undergone offensively that a lot of which has been embraced by the NFL to some degree offensively over the last few years. What's the, what's the hardest position to forecast for you? Um, you know, that's tough. I, I think, uh, uh, maybe, um, maybe looking at, uh, linebackers and what guys, because you don't know anymore. Linebackers are built more like safeties, and they're playing yeah. a little bit different than they used to play. Um, corners are tough because it's tough to get good tape on corners. Uh, a lot of times, all you got is broadcast angle. Um, so, you know, I, there's. Uh, I think those two positions are probably tough. I, I can I can usually tell with the quarterback if a guy can throw. You know, the question is usually more about the work ethic or you know things like that. Um, but yeah, corners corners are probably the, the number one. Benjamin Albright, NFL draft analyst and Broncos insider, KOA Colorado. Benjamin, appreciate appreciate you making time on a Sunday evening. Thanks. We'll do it again soon. Thank you. Absolutely. Anytime. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.